In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My name is Father Matt, I'm one of the co-rectors here. We are in Lent. We are preaching through uh, a series on confronting mammon with Jesus, and this is week four. Jesus talks about scribes who devour widows' houses, and then points out a widow who gave more than all the others, she gave all she had to live on. Another way to translate that phrase is, she gave all the life she had. Hits a little differently, doesn't it? Today we proclaim the good news that this is how God's love is at work among us. God's love sees how power works. He sees the widows. He sees how their houses are devoured. And he denounces the system that works to do it. Can we see this same dynamic at work today? Let us, friends, denounce how mammon works because God's love is never power blind. The passage that we're talking about from Luke's gospel is often interpreted as, a, as the widow being an example of someone who gives generously. Her piety is superior because she gives out of her hopeless poverty. I think there's something to this, and I'll tie it back in at the end, but I want to also offer us another layer to this, one that takes seriously how Jesus, how Luke frames the observation that Jesus makes, because immediately before, as I said, Jesus warns about scribes who do all kinds of nefarious injustices, including devouring widows' houses, cheating widows out of their homes. And then we have a widow giving all the life she had left in the temple. And then people are commenting on all the beautiful decorations that the temple has. Who paid for those decorations? Where did those precious gems and gifts come from? Jesus says, this is gonna be destroyed. The grandeur and opulence created by squeezing the last bit of wealth out of the most vulnerable is damnable, says Jesus. He condemns the entire edifice to destruction. Y'all see that? It's super clear, but we miss it, don't we? This is how God's love works among us. 
God sees how this power works. He sees the widows. He sees their houses being devoured. And he condemns the system that makes that holy. Can we see this dynamic at work today? Let us also denounce how mammon works because God's love is never power blind. I wanna talk about widows, I wanna talk about the temple, and then I wanna get real about mammon, all right? Widows in Jesus' day and in Jewish tradition symbolized the, the, pin, the, the, the pinnacle or the ultimate state of vulnerability, deprivation, and need. Widows had no sons, no husbands, or father-in-law to take care of her. There was a whole marriage law called Leveret marriage that encouraged a man's kin to have a child with a widow. This gave her access to inherited property and a means of support. This is what happens in the book of Ruth, right? The passage that Olivia read today from Deuteronomy 24, God is incessant about his preferential treatment for the most vulnerable and powerless people in Israel. That is the alien, the stranger, and the widow. Notice that God sets up a government, that's what the law is, God sets up a government that mandates people get what they didn't earn. Let that sink in a little bit. If I wanted to be even more provocative, and I do, thanks for asking, I would say God commands, <clears throat> God commands social welfare. God sees power. He sees how systems and structures operate for the benefit of the powerful from the beginning of time. And God mandates, commands the wealthy to take care of and provide for the powerless. God doesn't care if they want to or not. God doesn't care if it was their decision or not. God doesn't care if they get to control who eats of the olives they leave behind. Do it. Why? Because you were once slaves and I did it for you. And you didn't deserve it either. Acts 6 also shows us a little bit how God's love is not power blind the story is that there are, there's this daily disbursement of food to the widows happening in Jerusalem. And the Hellenized Jews, Jews from outside of Jerusalem or outside of Israel, um, weren't receiving a fair shake. And so these Greek Jewish widows, um, being in Jerusalem, had a more marginalized status even than the Jewish widows, right? There was an ethnic kind of thing happening here. So what did the leaders do when a group of women came to them and said, there's injustice happening here? They listened to the women. A group of women come to the powerful men in the church and they say, hey, there's this injustice happening to us and the leaders didn't get defensive. 
They didn't justify the actions. They didn't gaslight the women and tell them that they were wrong. They didn't default to their theology. You know, we're all sinners. Maybe you should just forgive these Jews who aren't giving you a fair shake. They believed the women. They then empowered the community who was receiving injustice to rectify it. Now we could say something about it was seven men and not seven women. I see it. But they empowered Hellenized men. Olivia came up to me and she's like, before the service, and she says, how do I read these names? I said, Hellenized if I know. That was not in my notes. Just want you to know. God sees this injustice, and the apostles act out of what they have learned from the Lord. That the way to rectify injustice is to empower the ones who are on the bottom to bring wholeness to the community. They center and authorize the marginalized. This is how God's love works. Our God sees how power works. We have to see it. Because God sees widows and he sees their houses being devoured or them not eating. And he denounces the system, either condemning it to destruction or re-jiggering it. How do we see this at work today? How do we need to denounce mammon today? Because if we're going to live in God's love, we cannot be power blind. Temple. Um, Power works in systems and structures. When we read about the temple in scripture, it's not equal to a church. The temple was much more complex than that. It was Capitol Hill, the National Bank, and the Vatican all rolled into one, okay? Just imagine that, imagine that. Jesus spends a lot of time denouncing and condemning the temple. This is a a consistent theme, right? whips and no stone left on another and and it's not because is this thing on it's not because it's jewish come on yes jesus was jewish jesus is jewish it's because the temple functioned as an economic, social, religious, political institution that perpetuated systemic injustice. You know, when the Jewish revolutionaries decided they had enough, and in AD 66, rose up and took up arms, you know the first thing they did? The first thing Josephus tells us. 
They broke into the temple, got the debt records, and burned them. That'll give you a little insight into why did the Jews rise up? The temple became the place where thieves and robbers hid out, Jesus says. People who stole money and exploited the vulnerable. This is what the cleansing of the temple was all about. Jesus was saying this is an unjust economic, religious, social, political system that is hurting people. And I'm shutting this thing down. So then, this is how unjust systems work, okay? God commands care for the orphan and the widow. He's got laws about years of jubilee and Sabbath years about canceling debts and returning land. None of that happened. We don't think. There's no record of it. The widow can be sincere, pious, well-meaning in offering her gift. She can actually offer more than the rich people can. And in her piety, be perpetuating systemic injustice. Do you see that? They can both be true. She doesn't have to intend it. We don't have to intend harm for, heart, for us to be caught up in systems of harm. In fact, most of the harm we're complicit in and responsible to and for, we haven't volitionally chosen. There hasn't been a moment where every head was bowed and eye closed and we raised our hand for harm. So the system exploited her piety and devoured her house. Well, what do we do about this? Ellie, would you like to tell us what we're going to do? No. <laughs> if you're not coming to the class on Mammon, we are exploring this stuff. Listen to the recordings. Come next week. This is complicated stuff, okay? But a few things. Where do we see this today at work? It's not sinful, wrong, evil, unwise to own a church building, but I don't think we'll ever do it. Okay, we're gonna rent. Lord, help us. <laughs> because um, we're gonna rent. And I, there's more to say about that. But how do we see this happening today? How do systems devour widows' houses? Uh, did, did anybody lose any money during the 2008 home market crash, Sharon and I lost about $70,000. Now, that's way, it's way too complicated to go into now, but the people who make money off our mortgages were um, doing crazy things that 30 years ago there were regulations against them doing, and then legislators passed laws to deregulate the, these banks so they could just do crazy stuff because it was making a lot of money. And then what happened was a confluence of factors led to the crash of the market and the banks and the corporations that were involved in this got like, depending upon how you count it, like $450 billion in bailouts. 
There's some estimates like in the trillions of dollars that, that the economy and the government spent to rescue the devourer of houses. And then there's people who lost houses, went bankrupt. We lost $70,000. This works with debt too, high interest rates, payday loans, cash bail. A friend of mine who's a bail bondsman says this, so the best piece of advice, business advice he ever got was a millionaire who told him, most people think the rich make money off of rich people. It's not true. The rich will tell you, you get rich by making money off the poor. Jails have close to two million people in them in the US right now. Half of them can't afford bail. Half of them haven't been convicted. Close to a million people are in prison right now because they're poor. Buying a car, it's more expensive to be poor and buy a car than it is to be wealthy and buy a car. It's more expensive to be poor. Uh, International Monetary Fund, come up and talk to me about that after. I don't have time for that. Widows' houses are devoured in our food industry. Widows' houses are devoured in our lack of federal laws protecting women. Do you know that 100 years ago, a constitutional amendment was suggested for women to have equal rights in the Constitution? Do you know that was passed in Congress in 1972? Do you know it still isn't ratified? What does this mean? Well, it means that in many ways, women do not have equal rights under our Constitution. And it financially is crippling. Friends, this is how mammon works. Mammon justifies its regnancy, its power, by inhabiting systems and it preys on the most vulnerable, weak, marginalized people. But this is how God's love works. God's love sees it. Sees it. He names it. He says this beautiful little action of generosity and giving gets swallowed up in this system. And so that's why the system be damned. God's love reckons with power. God's love is not power blind. Friends, we can stand in the place of Christ as kingdom people. We can also denounce these systems. We can also say, not today, mammon. Because that's what love does. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.